You're listening to Coldo D. Messianic Congregation's weekly podcast. Our services are every Saturday morning at 11 a.m. For more information, like us on Facebook or visit our website at coldod.org. Father, we just thank you. Gal Enaiva Avitani Flaot Metorotecha. 
We pray you open our eyes to behold wonderful things from your word. We thank you, Lord, and we pray that we would be here for each other, God, no matter what, no matter what, um, Lord, to be not those that stand in judgment, but those that stand side by side, Lord, like Nehemiah's in Nehemiah 3 on the walls together, building the walls to, in the walls together, Lord, filling in the gaps. And we, we love you. We thank you. Thank you, God, for your word, B'Shem Yeshua, for your spirit. Amen, amen. Incredible week. I know we've been so, this is our busiest week. We've been in a long time, just every night, been out with something, of course, with the sukkah, the sukkah every, almost every night here, and it's still up, so please come and thank you for those that are hosting and being here and just coming, and, and uh, then last night at Plaza Mariachi was amazing, amazing worship um, and time together, and so... Um, <clears throat> Diane will be leading worship here next week. Um, it's going to be a blessing. Diane and, and uh, Andrew, I hope. Yeah, great. Uh, it was amazing. Uh, so, so that's going to be great, a great real blessing. Uh, all the languages were, were just amazing last night, Arabic as well as Hebrew, Hebrew, Arabic, and Spanish. I don't know about Spanish, but uh, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> all right, so uh, just amazing time. So enjoy the sukkah. A week within the sukkah green, we've sung thy boundless praise. Now ended is the autumn feast, the golden harvest days. Again, we lift up voice in prayer. O oh, send thy blessed rain. That's the time we're in now, approaching the time where you, we're, we're they're praying for the winter rains are coming, going to come in Israel, and they need those rains, and the farmers are dependent upon those rains. If they don't come, they won't have a harvest the following year. So this is the prayer, send thy blessed rain, that when another harvest comes, we may rejoice again. So today we continue to celebrate Sukkot, and we hope that you do enjoy the sukkah, the congregational sukkah, as well as if you have your own, uh, but enjoy this congregational one this week. And if you ask your Christian friend, uh, what have you been doing for the Sukkot holiday this year? You'll probably get a curious look on their Expression on the face, of course. Biblically, it was the most important festival of the Shalosh Regalim, the three pilgrimage festivals. Hachag, the holiday. Hachag, let's say Hachag. Hachag. Uh, and it's the most spoken of in the, in the scriptures. Um, what do most Christians think is the most important one in the Bible? Well, Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> or maybe Easter. Of course, neither are there in the Bible. Um, not that we're against them. I personally love Christmas. I loved it growing up, even though we didn't, you know, we, we, a couple times we had a Christmas tree growing up because we were confused. No, because <laughs> we, you know, we really, we, 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 uh, we, we did. I remember, I remember I asked my sister, I said, well, didn't we have a Christmas tree a few times? Yeah, we did, you know. We had the menorah, Hanukkah for Hanukkah, but we also had the Christmas tree, you know. And my parents, oh, let's try. But anyway, um, it's not in the Bible, but it's not a, you know, anyway, I'm not going to get into that. But they're not in the Bible, but it's a, you know, it's a wonderful holiday. And people, people are at least thinking about the birth of Jesus in many cases, you know. I'm not an anti-Christmas person, needless to say. I, I can't stand people that are anti uh, all these holidays. But uh, don't get me around them. I don't want to be around them. Um, go, go somewhere else, please. Um, enjoy your anti. Okay. Um, okay. But... For Jews, Yom Kippur is thought of 
and I don't mean I'm not into Santa Claus, and I understand the aversion. You know, I understand if you want to protect your children from those, you know, the, 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 the pagan stuff and all the bad stuff. So I understand that. But just don't be campaigning again. Okay. So um, for Jews, Yom Kippur is thought of as the most important religiously for Jewish people, right? Hanukkah is the most celebrated Jewish holiday today. Did you know that? It it's definitely is. Um, and religiously, it's more religiously here and in Israel more nationally. It, it surprised us when we lived in Israel. It was more of a national holiday than a religious holiday uh, because it was a military victory, really. And so that's the way it's really still observed in Israel in many respects. For, for most of us Jewish believers here in Koldo D, we observed Sukkot at our local synagogue or temple growing up and not in the home for most of us here as that are Jewish believers. Uh, if you poll the Jewish believers at Kolde, most of us didn't observe it in the home but in, in the synagogue or the temple growing up. Not, you know, it's great if you do it in the home. It just, it's not in Reformed tradition that's usually, or in conservative, that's usually not how it's done. That's what happens. Um, but in Exodus 23, 16, you are to observe the feast of harvest, the first fruits of your labors that you sow in the field, as well as in the feast, as well as the feast of the ingathering at the end of the year when you gather your crops from the field. Now, the end of the year means the end of the agricultural year, which in Israel comes in early to mid October. Uh, this is when the farmers they're hurriedly gathering, uh, gathering the crops still remaining in the field for storage before the first of the approach, approaching winter rains. And they're cold rains, by the way. Figs and raisins are brought in from the rooftops where they've been drying in the sun, flat roofs, of course. Uh, olives are harvested and pressed for oil. Ripe dates, clusters are cut down from the palms. Everything is gathered in the and stored away. The watchman's booth in the vineyard and the lodge in the field used as temporary shelters during the most intensive summer work season are now left vacant and untended. So listen, how strange that at this time of year, when the farmer in Israel has left his temporary structure in the field and returned to his regular home, that the Bible commands him, go back out and stay in booths for a week. Contrary to what's the normal way. Thus, they would recall that their ancestors dwelt, our ancestors dwelt in booths after leaving Egypt, and especially during the seventh month, likely at, at date palm oasis, Oasis is where water was found when all pasturage in the desert had disappeared and dried up. And the rainy season was soon to come. So that's really the context of what you have in this agricultural holiday, which many people don't realize. Now, let's apply that because I think there's a principle here. We're sometimes called as God's people to do the very opposite of the culture that's around us, aren't we? To do what may and will seem contrary to reason and common sense. To leave the comforts of our houses and to go sit in booths, that is strange. That is awkward. Divine direction circumvents convenience, right? That's a principle. Divine direction, God's direction, God's guidance will circumvent and, over, and overtake our convenience if we follow him. So remember, this holiday... To review, looks 
backwards and it looks forwards. It's retrospective and it's prospective, right? It looks backwards, this holiday, to the harvest season, which has ended, and the crops are gathered in. What are the crops? The, the seven varieties, the wheat, the barley, the olives, the figs, the grapes, the dates, the pomegranates, and the pumpkins. All right, I added one. No, not the pumpkins, but do you like pumpkins? I love pumpkins. Aren't, don't you like? I'm looking forward to pumpkins. All right, and if you make pumpkin pie, I'll try it. Don't, not too much sugar, but all right. We, we, we recalled our tent living after the exodus out of Egypt when we were a nation of, you know, we were a nation of refugees and escaped slaves from Egypt who wandered in the desert beneath the stars under the faithful hand of God's guidance and his care. So, again, the themes, fragility of life, vulnerability, dependency upon God, these themes are, are so clear through the sukkah. So please enjoy the sukkah. If you don't have your own, come enjoy it here and look, look up at the stars at night and through the sukkah if you can. Then it looks forward. What to? Well, anticipating the final ingathering of the nations, of the harvest of nations. How many nations? Well, I count 250, checking, you know, Googling it, 250 countries in the world today, but two, uh, 223 nationalities 650 ethnicities, people that sharing, uh, are sharing an, ans- an ancestry, history, homeland, language, or dialect, cultural her- heritage, but between 12 and 24,000 people groups. They don't know how many. 12 and 24,000 different people groups out of every nation, tribe, uh, people, and tongue, the Bible says we're all going to be... He's, Harvested. God's going to have a huge harvest. Revelation chapter 7, verse 10. Uh, from, every, all, from all the families of the earth, Zechariah 14, 16 says, coming to Jerusalem to celebrate uh, the Feast of Sukkot. Can you imagine that? Uh, as I said, it was great last night to hear a few of those languages and, and worship, be worshiping. It's going to be amazing. We look forward to these trips to Jerusalem annually. All of us can, will be seeing this and participating in one way or another during Yeshua's reign when he comes back. Now, two commandments, remember, regarding Sukkot. What were they? Remember, take the branches and rejoice, Sameach, to rejoice, uh, and then make the booths and dwell in them. Yeshav, Yeshavit, to dwell in them, both for an entire week, both for a week, right? For a week. So that was the command. Those were the two main commands. To rejoice, to semech, or semach, the root, to express positive feelings. Uh, The Sukkot time harvest reminds us of how much we have to be grateful for. So Philippians 4.4 says, rejoice in who? In the Lord. Rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. We can't always rejoice in our circumstances, but we can always rejoice in the Lord, right? So we can rejoice in Him. And Nehemiah 8.10 says, don't grieve. And the Hebrew really says, don't be in pain. Don't live in your pain. We, we all have it. Don't live in pain. Don't be in pain. Don't grieve. For the joy of the Lord is your strength. The joy of the Lord is your strength. So find Joy, joy in Him. We find joy in Him when we in, are in pain as well. And uh, Timothy says, Paul says to Timothy, 1 Timothy 1, uh, chapter 6, uh, that we brought nothing into this world. It's 
we definitely can carry nothing out, so be content with him, be rejoice in the Lord. Uh, whom having not seen, we love, though now we don't see him, yet believing, we rejoice with joy inexpressible and full of glory. First Peter 1 Peter 1.8. So I can choose to love and to trust, to believe in, even though I, nothing is clear, nothing makes sense, nothing seen or visible. And then is there any greater joy than seeing another person come into the kingdom of God through the new birth? Is there any greater joy than that? I don't think so. Uh, to pass from death to life and experience forgiveness of sins and have eternal life through Yeshua? Can you think of any greater joy than that? And the joy of seeing that person again uh, in heaven? Uh, I, you know, when, when, someone, when a person that names the name of Yeshua doesn't have joy in that, I wonder if they know Yeshua. I wonder if they either know him or they're certainly far from him. And if that's no longer something that they're excited about, seeing someone come to faith in Yeshua and have that new experience of coming to know him, if they're more excited, if they're, if they're not even excited about that anymore, there's something wrong. There's some, that should be a, a, a measuring, say, oh, there's something wrong. Because in Luke 15.10, he says, I, Yeshua said, I tell you, there's joy in the presence of the angels of God over one sinner, one person who returns to the Lord. Paul says in 1 Thessalonians 2:19 and 20, who is our joy or hope or crown of boasting before our Lord Yeshua at his coming? Is it not you? It's you. It's people. For you are our glory and joy. Revelation 5, 9 and chapter 7, 9 and 10, he says, they're singing a new song. You're worthy to take the scroll. You were slain by your blood. You've redeemed for God from every tribe tongue, people, and nation. They're singing because of all the people there because of the blood of the Lamb. That's why they're singing. I looked and behold a multitude. No one could count every tribe, nation, tribe, people, tongues in chapter 7, standing before the throne and before the Lamb clothed in white robes, palm branches. There's the picture of Sukkot. In their hands, crying with a loud voice saying, salvation belongs to God who sits on the throne. To the That's where the cause for rejoicing is. That's what the rejoice. Again, if a believer doesn't have that joy over that, if their focus isn't the mission field and seeing people come to the Lord, there's something wrong there. There's something miss. There's something not right. Okay? Mark it down. <laughs> and then we're to, 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 to sit. Yeshav is to sit, to settle down, to dwell in the sukkah, to, re, to stay there, to linger there. You know, we're so busy in life, aren't we? We keep going. We never stop. Uh, sometimes we don't enjoy our family members until it's too late and they're gone or almost gone. I see it all the time and you've seen it. It's too, you know, it's, oh, we wait too long. Oh, I wish I had spent more time with this family member or that. We didn't take the time because we're always so busy. We can't even hardly get a call. We get a call. Oh, we miss each other. We're always missing our calls and we don't, oh, it happens so easily. God wants us to remember and to reflect to disconnect and to reconnect. Disconnect from the world re and reconnect to him. Of course, that's what Shabbat is for. And, but then Sukkot, this is a whole week. Remember our fragility and transitory state here. By the way, if you're, you know, that's one of the blessings of being in Israel. You know, people say, gosh, you have a long week in Israel. You work six days and only rest one. We have a whole weekend. But it's amazing. Andrew could tell you he lived six years. In it's amazing in Israel. When we lived there for that, less than that, we only lived there less than a year. But it was amazing how often, you know, every time we needed to go to the government office, it's closed. It's closed. <laughs> There's another holiday. Another holiday. It's closed. It's closed again. 
there's so, but things are closed so much. It's just like so many times. And, and for Sukkot, things are closed for, you know, the whole, at least more than a week, really, because there's always an extra, usually an extra day, you know. It seems like, uh, so a lot of holidays, things are closed a lot. People enjoy their holidays. So, <clears throat> um, and then, so this is the idea of fragility, trans, transitory state here. Remember this. And then the Hebrew word sukkah, and I want you to really think about this. The Hebrew word sukkah, sukkah, means to see, to view or to see. Or it could from, be from the word sachach also, comes from the root sachach. And sachach means just the opposite, really, to block, to shut off, to cover, to stop the approach, hence, not to see. All right, I'm giving you something that I didn't get from a book on this, really, just but from just some study in the words. Not to see, to not see. So we need to view from a different vantage point. Shut ourselves off from the world's pressures, the schedule's demands, stop the approach of the armies of anxieties and fears, because we have the mind of Messiah, it's the Bible says. So we need to see, but we need not to see. We need to have a different view. Leviticus 23.42 says, You shall dwell in booths seven days. Yeshua said, I'm here for a little while, and then I'm going to the one who sent me. We see the temporal in the light of the eternal. We mentioned this last week. The outward man is decaying in 2 Corinthians 4.16, yet our inward man is renewed day by day. For we can, what can be seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. For we know that if this tent, our earthly home, is torn down, we have a building from God eternal in the heavens. We groan in this earthly tent, for we walk by faith, not by sight. So whether at home or absent, we make it our aim to please him. So this is the, there's the temporal and the eternal. But we see and we don't see. And I thought of this verse actually just sitting this morning. I'm going to. So I had to look it up on my phone while I was sitting there. And it's Isaiah 42, 19. We see, but we're not to see. Who is blind but my servant? Isaiah 42, 19. Or deaf is my messenger that I send. Who is so blind as the one in covenant with me? Blind as Adonai's servant. Who have seen many things, but do not pay attention. Though ears are open, no one hears. You see, my servant, he says, is blind. My messenger, he's blind. He doesn't see. Or he sees, but he doesn't pay attention. We need to have God's eyes to see what God wants us to see and with a different viewpoint, but we also need to not see what he doesn't want us to see. And that's only through the power of the Holy Spirit to help us block, to block the view. We don't need to see the garbage. We don't need to see the evil. 1 Peter 1, 24 and 25 says, All flesh is grass, and all the glory of man is as the flower of the, fe- the grass. The grass withers and the flower falls away, but the word of the Lord endures forever. It's, he's quoting Isaiah 
40. For what is your life? It's a vapor. It appears for a little time, and then it passes away, vanishes away, James 4, 14. Sing praise to the Lord, you saints of his, and give thanks at the remembrance of his holy name. For his anger is but for a moment. His favor is for life. Weeping may endure for a night, but joy comes in the morning. Joy comes in the morning. For here we have no lasting or literally staying city, but we seek one to come, Hebrews 13, 14. The other was Psalm, the last was Psalm 30, verses 4 and 5. David said, I'm a stranger, a temporary resident, a dweller, a foreigner, literally, ger, a, a ger anuchi ba'aretz. I'm a temporary dweller in the earth. Let me know, Lord, Psalm 39, my end and what is the number of my days. Let me know how short-lived I am. Behold, you made my days mere handbreadths, and my lifetime as nothing before you. Surely all humanity is but vapor. Selah. Think about it. Man is like a breath. His days are passing shadow. All these things. This, this the sukkah, helps us remember. Things are short-lived. It's up, and then it's torn down. It's gone. Everything's short-lived. But we, so we see the eternal in the light of the temporal, or the temporal in the light of the eternal, really. And we don't see or view the terror by night or the arrow that flies by day, nor the plague that stalks in darkness, nor the scourge that lays waste at noon. Why? Because we've made the Lord Elyon, our dwelling, Adonai, our refuge in Psalm 91, verses 5 and 6 and 9. Psalm 91, and I want to finish just reading that. Psalm 91. He who dwells in the shelter of Elyon, of the Most High, will abide in the shadow shadow of Shaddai, of Almighty. I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge and my fortress, my God in whom I trust. For He will rescue you from the hunter's trap and from the deadly pestilence. He will cover you with His feathers, and under His wings you will find refuge. His faithfulness is body armor and shield. You will not fear the terror by night, nor the arrow that flies by day, nor the plague that stalks in darkness, or the scourge that lays waste at noon. A thousand may fall at your side and ten thousand at your right hand, but it won't come near you. You will only look on with your eyes and see the wicked paid back. For, paid back. for you have made Elyon your dwelling, even Adonai, who is my refuge, so no evil will befall you for, or, any, or any plague come near your tent. For he will give his angels charge over you to guard you in all your ways. Upon your hands they'll lift you up, lest you strike your foot against a stone. You will tread upon the lion and cobra. Trample, trample the young lion and serpent. Because he has devoted his love to me, I will deliver him. I will set him securely on high because he knows my name. When he calls on me, I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble, rescue him and honor him. With long life, I will satisfy him and show him my Yeshua, my salvation. Amen. The Lord is my sukkah. Let's continue 
enjoy the visible reminders this week and see through his eyes what he wants us to see and be blind where he wants us to be blind. Amen? Lord, we thank you. So, Chag Sukkot Sameach, Yom Tov. Lord, we thank you. Help us to see through your eyes. Be blind with your non-eyesight or whatever the way you want us to be, Lord. We thank you as your servants, Lord God. We want to be your servants. We want to be in your perfect will in every way in our lives. We thank you so much for this wonderful holiday and time of year and these reminders you've given us, your word to guide us, your spirit to, God, to, to direct us. Help us to be submissive and to be correctable, teachable, guidable. We thank you, Lord, for the victory. Thank you for your faithfulness and your power. In Yeshua's name, amen. Amen. If you've